Hi there. I am so excited to invite you to attend our fourth annual free virtual special education and advocacy conference. We are hosting it here at Ashley Barlow Company in partnership with Rebecca Poe Teaching. And we are so excited for a few new things at this year's conference. The first new thing is that we have not just one, but two different tracks for attendance. For the first time ever, we have created a track that is specific for school staff and teachers. We also still have that traditional track that we intend to be really great for parents and caregivers in the IEP arena. So yes, we have a teacher track and a parent track. On that teacher track, you are going to learn about things like easier data collection, gestalt language processing, behavior reading, and other super hot topics in special education practice, as well as advocacy. On the teacher and caregiver track, you're going to learn about stress management for caregivers, using adaptive books, something that I have really kind of um, dove into here at my own house, inclusion advocacy, advocacy strategies, and so, so much more. That free ticket will give you one pass, one access to one presentation per hour on the track that you choose, either that teacher track or the parent track. Of course, if you are not available on January 19th or January 20th when the conference is taking place, you can buy tickets to access the conference on demand. And those tickets, of course, are available at our website, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference slash 2024. Check out the website for more information about ticketing. This year, we also have something super exciting planned. We have decided to make this a two-day event. When I partnered with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I told her that I really feel like School districts, disability organizations, and other community organizations need to start providing trainings that are accessible to teachers, related service providers, administrators, parents and caregivers, and other community members that are interested in IEP support. What if we all attended the same training? What if we all learned information about special education practice? curriculum, how to read evaluations, that kind of stuff, about special education advocacy, how we can collaborate more, how we can work together, and even about special education laws. What if we all attended those presentations and we workshopped them together? So together with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I have created the Empowered Workshop Series, and we are excited to bring it to your organization or school in 2024 and beyond. If you are interested in having Rebecca and I bring a workshop to you, you can see a preview of the Empowered Workshops on January 19th, the Friday before our main conference programming. For more information about that, either send me a DM or check out the website, again, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference dash 2024. We hope to see you January 19th and or January 20th and can't wait to connect with you. Hi everyone. Welcome to the Ashley Barlow Company podcast. I'm Ashley Barlow, your host. If you are a parent, 
a teacher or someone who works at a school, or you're a community member, a volunteer or a staff member at an organization that supports people with special education plans, a coach, a tutor, or even a grandparent, you're in the right place. Sit back with an ice cold glass of lemonade, put on your walking shoes and grab some headphones, roll down the windows and cruise. Ready, set, go. Educate, advocate, collaborate. Welcome back to another episode of Special Education Advocacy with Ashley Barlow. I'm Ashley Barlow, and I am so happy you're here. Happy December, friends. Oh, boy, we have made it. If you have not heard our episode on surviving the Christmas time holiday chaos, I think is what the episode is about, head over and listen to that. I wrote that last year, and Really, I mean, I'll give you like the, the, the Cliff's notes here. Structure, 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 structure. Um, the idea of, you know, kind of no structured, no unstructured time is something that really works well for us. And then, you know, just playing things with the rules and figuring out ways to spend our time during this time period that, that makes that time spent more functional has just really provided us with a lot of success. So it's December. It is crazy. I promised to give you some episodes um, in the parent series that were just me. And so this is one of the episodes that is just me in the parent series. And I want to talk to you about a characteristic that a lot of parents have in successful advocacy cases in my in my law practice and in my advocacy practice. And so here's what, here's kind of like the trend. I could be talking about one client, but I'm actually talking about, oh, probably 50 or 60 of them over the course of the last 10 or 12 years. I mean, honestly, it might even be more than that. Uh, So parents, particularly in inclusion cases, but also I think parents in eligibility cases those reading parents, you know, the, the SLD parents, sometimes it is a characteristic that successful parents have when they're advocating for kids with ADHD that just aren't like being understood. But by and large, I'm talking about the parents that want to stomp their feet and be like, listen to me. Well, we're two minutes in and I already am screaming in your radio. Do people listen on the radio? I don't know like your your headphones. Where do you listen? Hmm, I'd be interested in that. Do you listen on your headphones, like your AirPods? My AirPods are dead. So I'm on a wired headphone. I could find one today. That was exciting. I try to keep one in, um, in my desk drawer, but people take it. Anyway, and I guess people took it when I was in my own own office too, because I used to have a separate building and they were still gone. So I guess I really can't blame it on my family now that I think about it. Anyway, what 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 trait do these people exist? I want to tell you what happens. And so my example is parents that are advocating for more inclusive environments for their kids, right? But this this also happens for parents that are advocating for their kids with ADHD. They're just kind of misunderstood and exhibiting behaviors or just kind of like checked out. And parents that are advocating for eligibility or services for their child with a specific learning disability like dyslexia, dysgraphia, dyscalculia, 
Capti, those things. But it's it's those listen to me parents, right? Okay. So what happens is in the inclusion cases, um, these parents will go about it themselves. You know, like in the first meeting, they will say in one sentence, I want more inclusive opportunities for my student. And that's like what's in the the parent interest statement, the future planning statement, whatever part of the IEP, like we talked to the parents and they said they want their kids to be with gen ed peers more, or they want their kids to have the opportunity. They want inclusion. It's like always really, really simple at the beginning. And then they might go, you know, to another meeting or they might go to the superintendent or they might go to a teacher's aide and see if they can fix the system. Like then something else happens and then usually they come back for another IEP meeting, ARD, ARC, PPT, whatever you call it in your state. And then they say again, we want inclusion. And this time it's like a little bit more firm. We want to be in that classroom. We want to be there. We want to be there all the time. And they don't get anywhere. In fact, normally when it happens the second time in a meeting, the district gets a little bit more firm and you get this like really weird statement in the conference summary or the meeting minutes that says something to the effect of like the parents asked for inclusion and we told them that because of the blah, 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 our district's policy is blah, blah, blah. And it's like some dumb, you know, spouting of words. And so then they usually go hire an advocate or an attorney. Right. And so then the advocate and attorney goes into the meeting and, and the, the family is a little bit more prepared. So like if you have my inclusion workshop and, and we aren't going to talk about all those strategies because A, they're in the inclusion workshop and B, because this isn't an inclusion discussion. This is just kind of an example. Right. But we would go in and we would go through some of those strategies that are in the inclusion workshop. Like if I took this. So, you know, we talk about things like just a, a random list, like effect on the student of inclusive environments and in fact effect on the other students and the actual schedule and progress reporting data and evaluation results and those things okay so we go through all of those things all right so then the district would probably say how about if we give you gym like we'd we'd crack the egg <laughs> a lot of times in these cases we're chipping away at things. We're chipping away, we're chipping away, we're chipping away at things. And so we 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 chip away at something, right? Like we crack the egg, but it's a hard boiled egg. And so nothing's really coming out. And so this is when the parents start to feel like, okay, I asked, then I asked with a little substance, then I paid all this money and I brought in somebody that not only knows the content, but also knows how to get what they want what we want and now all I've done is cracked a hard-boiled egg like when are we going to get real true meaningful inclusion and here's where the rubber meets the road friends because the successful parents are the parents that then turn into cheerleaders the parents that are relentlessly optimistic relentlessly optimistic oh no 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 we're gonna get it yeah we're gonna get that eligibility we're gonna get that inclusion we're going to get some empathy towards my kid with ADHD. We're going to get it. We're going to get it. I know we can. I'm cheering for my district. I'm cheering for these people. I'm cheering for a turnaround. And I know 
We can have the turnaround. You guys, in every good movie, there's a turnaround, right? It's December. You might not be listening to this in December, but you know what you do in December? You watch those cheesy Hallmark movies. Guess what's in cheesy Hallmark movies? A turnaround. Guess what I like in cheesy Hallmark movies? I like a mid-movie kiss. If there's no mid-movie kiss, the conflict at like the 75% mark is not as good for me. I like to know that they're invested in one another. And then that makes the end of the movie kiss so much better. The mid-movie kiss for me is really, it's really what happens. And there's no way of knowing if there's a mid-movie kiss. Like they should make a, 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 like a schematic for the movie so that you know what's going to happen. But I digress. Relentless optimism. We get to that point, to that 75% like they aren't going to do it. And we've spent the money and we've asked a couple of times and we've talked to the superintendent and we feel like we're at our wits end. But these parents turn into cheerleaders and they say, no, 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 no. I know this is right. I know what I'm asking for is right. I know it is reasonable. And so I'm going to stay optimistic. And I am going to start to cheerlead for my district. I am going to collaborate to the point that it is disgusting. And so these parents ramp it up a notch. It took the Barlows 18 months. Well, it took us nine months from the date that they told us that they were not going to recommend an inclusive kindergarten placement for our son, John Barlow, to get an inclusive kindergarten placement. Nine months. I wish I had filed due process. Different story. I don't really think... I don't know. Maybe someday I will talk about our journey, but I just don't think it's fair to the professionals quite yet. Like more details. And honestly, I don't think you guys are like chomping at the bit to hear it, but it's just private and I don't want to be public because what happened was we ended up with so much respect. We started off with such hurt feelings in thousands of different directions, but because of the relentless optimism, it worked. And now we've got a kid who's in seventh grade who is really struggling, quite honestly. And I'm saying to his teacher, do you think that we should move him into your classroom more often? And she's like, no, nope, nope. He loves those gen ed classes. He loves his peers. He's learning. He is doing so well there. His anxiety and his behaviors are better in those classes. It's when he comes into my room and he actually has to like work on his IEP goals that then he... He does IEP goals in the gen ed classroom, but we do not have collaboration in our like co-teaching kind of collaboration in our school. And so it's a little hard for him. You know, the ante gets upped when he goes to his resource room. But it took us 18 months of cheerleading for me to feel like, okay, it worked. Okay, we're on the same team. Okay, they actually respect me. 18 months. I stayed relentlessly optimistic. Relentlessly optimistic. What does that mean? That means that I was reporting progress on a weekly basis, progress from home, progress from outside on a weekly basis. I was reporting experiences from home in the community on a weekly basis. I was reading and researching and, you know, looking at books and talking to professionals and spending time on the phone and talking to other parents and then communicating to my team about it. And for 18 months, I was saying like, we're in this together. We can do this. We can do inclusion. Yes, it's hard. I know it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. I got it. Yes, it's hard. What else can I do to make this easier so that we can do this together? 
What else can I do? We are in it together. We got this. Go team. Yes. Yes, we just won the first quarter. Oh, we lost the second quarter. It's okay, team. I'm going to do my herky. I'm going to do my baby doll. I'm going to do, do they still call them baby dolls? Maybe they call them toe touches. I'm going to do my, I'm going to hit that, that strong arm hold. I am the cheerleader for this team. And we got this relentless optimism. And it took us about 18 months. And my experience is it takes most families about 18 months of relentless optimism to be like, okay, we got it. So in my SLD community and my kids with dyslexia, dyscalculia, CAPD, dysgraphia, those kinds of conditions, a lot of times they are advocating for either eligibility, give me the darn IEP, or they are advocating for better services. Could I please have an evidence-based, structured, multi-sensory, all of the categories, um, reading program? Can I have Orton Gillingham? Well, you might have to go 18 of either having crappy Orton Gillingham or even just asking for OG before you get it. You might have to go. And that's the average in my in my practice, I think. Like that's my gut tells me that it's about 18 months worth of relentless optimism. So what are you doing? You're going to tutoring or you're tutoring yourself. You're working yourself with your kid. You're taking data. You're talking to them about the data. You're telling them what what problems you're coming across. You're telling them where you are, what you're working on. We're working on long vowels. We're working on, you know, these blends. We're working on three-letter blends. We're working on reading comprehension. Here's a problem that I saw. Do you see this problem? You are just getting scrappy. You're getting scrappy and you're trying and you're talking and you're communicating and you're saying, you are modeling. This is hard, but we can do it. This is hard, but we got this together. Relentless optimism. I have so many people that say to me, I should have said this earlier because the people that say it are not still listening. But I have so many people that say to me, yeah, but Ashley, you don't understand. Listen, I had 19 people in an IEP meeting for my kid. 19 people that were trying to tell me that my kid should go to a different school and be in a self-contained classroom. 19 people. I get it, people. I get it. And I said, "Mm -mm. I wear a black suit with heels. I presented a PowerPoint. I did wear a a nice pink scarf to soften it up. But I was like, nope, not going to happen. And here's why. It was a crappy PowerPoint. I have it. I should share it sometime. It was crappy. But I was like, no, it's not going to happen. And I'm going to take over this meeting so that you know how strong I am and so that you know how bad this sucks. Now, I spent an entire weekend in bed. And I would leave my bed. I was writing. I was writing the due process complaint, which we never filed. But I did leave my bed to only scream at my children about arguing or whatever because their mother wasn't there for the hard weekend. They were little babies. They were three and six. And I literally spent almost an entire weekend in my bedroom typing and reading and researching and writing. It's not easy. That's my point. It's not easy for us. We don't have to be optimistic when we get home. We need outlets. We need punching bags. We need running shoes. We need, I used to say we need fast speeds in our car, but don't go out and drive too fast. That's not safe. Coffee, whatever it is. Yeah, we need it. We need it. We need stress relief is what I'm saying. But when we are in that IEP meeting, we are relentlessly optimistic. It's hard, people. It's hard, but it is so, so worth it. And take it from me, 
it works. So can you model relentless optimism now? I hope so. Maybe just try to get through Christmas first. Maybe get through this holiday season and then come back and and look at your optimism. Okay. I hope you have a great week. I will see you next week. Same time, same place. And we are soon going to start ramping up for our fourth annual special education conference. And we've got some big stuff coming up. So over on social media, we're going to do 12 weeks of, or 12 days. Whoa, 12 weeks would be a lot. 12 days of Christmas with some freebies. And then we've got a special announcement after day 12. So, or on day 12. So stay tuned for some updates on the conference. And I will see you next week. Same time, same place. Goodbye.